When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus how do you like it how do you like it i wish i was 50 years younger and i'd kick your ass it's over Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast, the big fight preview. And on this episode, we've got Richard Comney versus Tiafimo Lopez. We've also got Terence Crawford, strangely, on the undercard of that one as well, defending his WBO welterweight title. And we've also got Michael Conlon versus Vladimir Nikitin, plus a little roundup of the golden contract that's also happening this coming weekend. But before we get into it, of course, please go and check us out on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing podcast on facebook as well if you've not already subscribed please go and do it check us out on podbean stitcher spreaker player fm spotify and in new news we're going to be setting up a btr boxing podcast youtube channel and all the episodes will be going up there over the next few days so please go and subscribe to the channel to get all the latest episodes on there as well so johnston you've just let me give a complete mouthful to all the listeners i've got you on the line ready for the big fight preview you're looking forward to it this week Yes, I am. I'm really looking forward to the Richard Comley and uh, Tia Fermo Lopez fight. Um, It's really intriguing, this one. Um, And where a few weeks ago I would have said Lopez straight away, um, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit reserved on my thoughts now because after watching a bit of Comley last night and and Lopez, I'm I'm really split with it. It just all depends on how they approach the fight. And I think Lopez is going to need to make some adjustments. But that's a real good fight. Uh, this weekend, the, the, for me, the, probably the biggest fight. But then, obviously, Michael Conlon against Nikitin, which is obviously you know a redemption for him uh, after what happened in the Olympics. And then um, Crawford against—I'm not even going to pronounce the gentleman's name. I'm not too familiar with him. He's 21 and 0 and 1. Um, not too sure what he brings, but uh, it's always great to see Terence Crawford. 
<laughs> yeah, well, as I said in the introduction there, it's strange because obviously he is the WBO welterweight champion, regarded as one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters on the planet. In some people's eyes, the best pound-for-pound pound on the planet. But yeah, he seems to be chief support in this particular bill with Comney versus Lopez being the big fight of the weekend. And I have to agree, for me, this weekend, the big fight as part of the Big Fight preview, is Comney versus Lopez. So I really wanted to go a little bit deeper into this particular fight because I feel this is probably going to be an absolute cracking fight, the best fight of the weekend that we've got on. So it's only right that we, we sort of break this one down a little bit before we move into the other fights and the Golden Contract. So you were talking about the fact that you watched a bit of Comney last night and your initial thoughts were Tiafimo Lopez will do it and now you're sort of changing your mind. And what is it about what you've seen with Comney? that is making you sort of sit on the fence a little bit well i think he's he's got some he's got some violent hands i mean watching him with some of his knockouts and his right and his left i mean his left hand's clearly dangerous his right hand's just as dangerous um and you know when he sets himself you know he can be quite ferocious and oh, i did rewatch the the ray mondo beltrand fight or ray beltrand fight um a guy i've always liked the mexican um and he was a tough geezer and the way he got rid of him it was it's quite emphatic and the way he finished him off in that eighth round was was a truly like an outstanding sort of left hook that put him away in the end um Oh, you know, and even the Russian guy when he picked up the title, uh, Chainev, although he was sort of only thirteen and one at the time, um, he dismantled him ferociously. So, you know, although they are gentlemen that are going to sort of stand in front of Comney, which makes it easy for Comney to hit. Uh, whereas I remember the Easter Junior fight, which happened a couple of years ago, and Easter Junior was sort of up on his toes and moving around and then smothering his work when he got close, which is probably the way to be Comney. But then when I watched Lopez again the other night. Um, it did just struck me, you know, against uh, um, Nakatani, who I thought was brilliant on the night, actually. I thought he, he really put Lopez through the paces. And and he caught him several times, especially with the right hand. And Lopez is not the type of fighter that I've, I've witnessed yet where he's going to be moving, he's going to be on his toes, he's going to be out of danger. He's going to be slipping and sliding and ducking under and trying to counter. You know, he uses that shoulder roll and he, he drops his hand, especially his right hand, really low and his left hand even lower. And it's, it's almost like that Grove stance, but sort of stroke Mayweather in terms of how he tries to fight and he tries to sort of use his head movement, um, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you can get it right, it looks brilliant. And, um, you know, you can make your opponent look a bit foolish. But he's going to get caught. And it's just going to be interesting to see if Lopez can stand up to it. We haven't seen it yet. So, for me, that's the biggest question. Can he make the adjustments? And is he able to take a shot? Um, so, that's where I'm a little bit more reserved in my approach and picking the winner of this fight. Because I think they bring something slightly different. And it's just a matter of what Lopez hasn't shown us yet and whether he can or not. Yeah, I agree with, with what you're saying about Lopez. Obviously, we have seen his ferociousness in the ring and we have seen that shoulder roll. I was watching a, a few clips of it just before I started recording the episode with yourself and, and the way he sort of dips down and throws that left hook. And, you know, it's a brilliant shot. And he's also really got a good right hand as well. The way he knocked out Mason Menard uh, a couple of fights back was absolutely brilliant, the way he caught him with a sort of short right as he sort of stepped into the little shuffle, stepped in for a right and absolutely sparked Mason Menard, who was a big test at the time as well for him you know this was this was a massive test for him really but the way he was 
dispatching of these fighters in emphatic fashion is what's really built the hype up with Teofimo Lopez. But as you've rightly pointed out, we've yet to, to sort of see him in against a guy uh, as awkward, as as unorthodox uh, and, and as gangly as Richard Comney. And and this is what he is. He's He's got that reach advantage. He's got a three-inch reach advantage over Teofimo Lopez. They're both the same height, 5'8". It's 71-inch reach for... Richard Comney and a 68-inch reach for Teofimo Lopez. And that could be a big difference on the night in terms of, of how this fight actually goes down. And I think Richard Comney's last few fights, you know, five on the bounce he's had where he's had some great performances and in turn picking up the IBF title as well, the lightweight title. So he's now defended that, knocking out Ray Beltran, as you spoke about a little bit earlier. So he's now in a position where a one more win... And he gets a fight against Lomachenko. The winner of this, essentially, is being set up to fight Lomachenko. Teofimo Lopez has been very verbal about the fact that he wants to fight Lomachenko. Comney wanted to fight Lomachenko but got his hand injured. So, obviously, that delayed the process in that happening. So, this, for Comney, is one step away from that mega fight that he can secure the rest of his life with by, by getting in the ring with Lomachenko and giving him some problems. But he's got to get past Teofimo Lopez first, and I don't think it's going to be an easy feat. I think Teofimo Lopez has got levels to his game, and I just don't think we've seen him yet. And this is the perfect fight. This is the acid test for Lopez. And I think I'm I'm expecting a a, a good fight, to be honest with you. I'm expecting a chess match for the first couple of rounds, and then I'm expecting to sort of both of them to sort of draw swords metaphorically and, and come out and then start to see which game plan is really going to going to take effect in this particular one. Uh, I think in terms of, of keys to victory then for, for this particular fight, it, I think it's quite obvious, you know, what you expect out of both men on the night. We've got one guy that's going to use his reach advantage and, and, and try and sort of set that, that right hand up and that left hook to, to really hurt Teofimo Lopez because we haven't really seen that yet either. And then you've got Teofimo Lopez who's going to roll under with that little Mayweather-esque roll that he, that, he, that he tries to do against some of the more mediocre opponents he's been in the ring with and been successful with. And he's going to try that and he's going to try and get underneath Comney's jab and Comney's right hand and he's going to try and throw his own little right hand left cup combination in and that's for me, that's how I see the fight. I just kind of see it going down that way. It's going to be one or the other, and it's going to be a case of, of who can really land the most telling punch first. Absolutely. That's exactly how I see it. And, and I think uh, with Lopez, he did come through a, a good test against uh, Nakatani, who, as I say, he hit him several times with a right hand, and uh, he, he showed that you know, what Lopez is going to... He's going to have to make adjustments when a guy... He can't get rid of a guy in 12 rounds. I think he relied on his power and I think from this fight which happened in the summer it's given him enough time to realise actually you know my power's not going to be able to get rid of every opponent I face so I need to find a different way to win and that was probably the best fight for him to have had before going into this, this IBF world title shot for him his first world title shot against Richard Comney who's never been stopped so you know, and he's been in with some guys who can bang a little bit. So I'm not expecting Lopez to knock him out, that's for sure. So, But Lopez, what he does need to make sure he does is, is he, he needs to, you know, whether he, he can adapt his style maybe just ever so slightly where maybe he can sort of back off a little bit rather than stand in the pocket for too long and then getting caught because I think that's going to be a problem for him. And as I say, it's just the, the question mark is raised by... You know, if Comney lands, whether Lopez can take it, because I think maybe Comney's 
shown he's got the bigger punch in terms of the guys he's fought. Whereas, okay, Lopez has got really, you know, some magnificent knockouts, but against guys that, you know, we're not, you know, I mean, Maynard is an, ex, you know, is an exception, if you like, but, you know, I'm not too sure whether um, he's going to be able to get rid of him. So, is he going to rely on a power? Or is he going to try and box a little bit more? I'm, I'm really reserved of it. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a cut. In fact, I'm going to go straight out of there and I'm going to say Comney to win this on points, actually. I think that's what a lot of people are talking about on social media when they've been looking around at sort of people's pre- predictions for the fight and other people's opinions on this particular fight. A lot of people are saying, you know, a good bet for this particular fight would be Richard Comney on points. Richard Comney to handle him on points. And the other good bet is Tiafimo Lopez to stop Richard Comney late. So, you know, there's a couple <laughs> of ways in which you can go here. And I think this is this is kind of how a lot of people are divided in terms of how they think it's going to go down. And I, I, I'm struggling to sort of... Give a give a clear clear winner for this one. I, I think it's. I don't want to sit on the fence. I want to give the the listeners a prediction. I want to say what I think is actually gonna gonna go down and how it's gonna go down. And I think um, not for the sake of going against you, but I do believe that Tiafimo Lopez is a special fighter. I do believe he'll have enough to beat Richard Comney. But I don't predict it to be a knockout victory. I do predict it to be a points victory for him. I do predict that he's going to get in there in the pocket he's going to get in he's going to get out and he's going to beat him on points and he's going to be a pretty close affair and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if Richard Comney does hurt him or we even see Tiafimo get knocked down for the first time in his career and I think that's not out of the question for this particular fight and I think that would be a really 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 good way of, of him getting that experience he needs to move on to the upper echelons of the division and the big names like the Lomachenko's of the division he needs to have an experience against a guy like this and come through it so it's going to be really interesting and I do think that Tiafimo will come through on points so you're going for Comney on points I'm going for Lopez on points really interesting fight I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are divided on this one but let us know your thoughts at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and on the Facebook page as well let us know who you've got for this fight this weekend so as we said at the top of the show Johnston there is obviously two other fights on this bill and I was saying to you before we started recording I you know I didn't even realize these three fights were on the same bill this weekend <laughs> uh, just, we've just been so busy with obviously all the other episodes we've got coming up over the next couple of weeks between Christmas and New Year so I didn't have a chance to really check it and then when I checked it today I was like bloody hell these are all on the same card and the next fight down on the list that's interesting is Terence Crawford's fight. And Terence Crawford defending his WBO welterweight title again uh, against a guy, again, whose name I will not even try and pronounce. Uh, may- maybe I'll give it a go. Cavalier Kavali- Scousus? Scouse? I don't know. Good chat. It's, good it's, chat. It's good that sounds chat. pretty accurate to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good try. Good try. Apologies if I've completely murdered that name. But... He's defending his title uh, against this gentleman who's 21-0 with a one draw on his record. And it's difficult because, you know, as we sit there and try and analyse a fight, we don't really know too much about him. I mean, the the, the most notable name for, for, for other fans that are listening is Ray Robinson. And Ray Robinson was the guy that went 12 rounds and, and arguably could have got a decision over our very own Josh Kelly. So it is quite interesting, you know, that he has been in there uh, and, and been in with a name of note. He's been in with also Juan Carlos Abreu as well. If anybody knows Juan Carlos Abreu, you may may or may not. But then another notable name, 
looking down the record is a guy that has had a career resurgence on his record is David Avenincian. David Avenincian, who, who the European champion who beat Lejeraga twice in one year, who's actually supposed to be going and fighting Josh Kelly for, for the European title, defending his European title, who also actually fights, ironically, uh, on Thursday night as well. So there's that fight happening that's gone under the radar. So the biggest name on his record is Avenincian. The, the, the name that people may or may not remember is Ray Robinson, uh, because of obviously the name, of course, Sugar Ray Robinson, but Ray Robinson from America, who went in with Josh Kelly earlier on this year on the undercard of Joshua Ruiz. So... It's difficult because I've not really seen too much of him. I'll be honest, I've not actively gone out of my way to to study his fights, to talk about him in this particular episode. So, you know, for me, he's an unknown quantity. But what I can talk about is the quality and sheer skill of Terence Crawford and the way that everybody is waiting for this super fight in the welterweight division for Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. We're all waiting for this particular fight. That's the fight everybody wants to see. Uh, the last time Crawford was out was Amir Khan earlier this year, and then he beat Jose Benavidez Jr. last year and Jeff Horn last year as well. So we are just waiting for this one big fight with him, but it is frustrating. I've got to be honest, it's frustrating because I, I, I can understand why they're giving him this opponent. I can understand. He's undefeated. He's only got the one draw on his record against Ray Robinson in his last fight. He's beat David Avenincian, who's having an Indian summer at the moment. So I can understand how they can sell this, but for, for fans that want to see more, this is not the fight really we all want to see. It's just another tick box exercise, isn't it? It really is. And, and uh, no, you can't discredit the, you know, the David Avienzian victory is clearly a big win for the guy. And, you know, and, and as you say, the Ray Robinson draw, the, he also drew with, with Josh, didn't he? So it's, <laughs> Again, I'm completely with you. I just think, I mean, he's shown he's got a bit of a punt. So, you know, I was reading something. I tried to read a little bit about him um, this morning and, and and what they're trying to say is that he's a bit of a sneaky puncher, you know, he's, and he's got under the radar type of thing. So they're trying to big him up a bit, which is understandable, you know, trying to sell the fight. But, you know, if we're talking about Terence Crawford, who's considerably, you know, one of the best, well, he's known to be one of the best power, power fighters in the world. I mean, I always have him in the top two. You know, tends to be when Crawford fights, he will jump up to the to the number one position. Lamachenko drops down, and then Lamachenko fights, and then he goes back at number one because them two seem to be the main two at the minute. Uh, you know, amongst many many boxing fans, and I'm one of them. But I don't know. Um, I just think uh, it's, it's, it's maybe it's just a fight that's been put in with what's happening with Errol Spence in a minute and you know I'm guessing he's going to come back after his accident and and maybe they're just waiting for him to to get himself back in you know back in training and and put himself back out there again to fight maybe next year and this is just a fight just to keep Terence sort of ticking over but you know there are other names in the division that he could have chosen um better fights for him out there so it's disappointing, but you know, at the end of the day, I do enjoy watching Terence. I, you know, he's a fantastic fighter. He can mix it up with you know the way he can box on the outside and he can box on the inside. He's clever. He's got power. He's got a chin. You know, people have always considered him to be the guy that's been untested, but is still up there. You know, 35 and 0. He's pushing sort of for the uh, big 50 and 0. I suppose that's, that's inevitably what people like to discuss. You know, I'm not really concerned with whether they're defeated or not. I've, you know, it doesn't matter to me. So, but I just think it's going to be a fight for him to come through comfortably. Um, and it's probably a bit dangerous in terms of when you look at the guy's record. He can, as I say, he can bang a little bit. So, you know, the danger's there that he could end up getting caught. And, you know, and then ruin everything for Terence. I don't think that happened. He's too smart, and he, and he's just. 
too much of a good fighter. So I'm expecting Terence to win comfortably. I'm disappointed it's not against better opponents, but I suppose we've just got to swallow it because at least we've got Comley and Lopez and obviously the other guys in Comley and Nikita on, on, on the undercard or on the main card. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work out. I'm guessing Terence is going to be the main card, but you don't know. Well, we've got the, the, the Michael Conlon and Vladimir Nikitin fight happening, which was scheduled to fight earlier this year. And a fight that I think anyone that followed the Olympics in 2016, of course, is looking forward to for the sole fact that Nikitin was the person that won uh, what was a terrible decision uh, against yeah. Michael Conlon, uh, prompting Michael Conlon to put his middle finger up and telling mm. the judges basically to fucking do one. And understandably so, he was very frustrated. He's turned professional. He's 12-0 and 0 at the moment. He's looked impressive. And now he's going in there against his former amateur foe, Vladimir Nikitin, who is a Russian. And obviously, we talked about it on the Big Fat Reaction most recently when we talked about, obviously, Russia being suspended and, and kicked out of all sort of athletics and football for the next four years due to doping. So we know there's an issue there. Is he going to be one of these guys that's susceptible to it? Well, we don't really know. Maybe we will never know. But... We know one thing for sure, that Michael Collin is going to want to go in there and absolutely try and do a number on Nikitin and, and try and humble and humiliate him. I really do think he's, he's going to try and put on a masterclass against him. And that is a word that's thrown about quite a lot recently, given Anthony Joshua's victory over Ruiz, a masterclass. I genuinely think Michael Conlon is an absolutely talented fighter. He's already talking about wanting to fight the best at featherweight. Uh, he's got to go there and beat Nikita, who's only 3-0 as a professional, because he's only recently turned professional. But he's still going to provide a danger to Michael Conlon. And Michael Conlon is a massive test for him mentally, because he's got to go in there and keep his emotions in check in this fight. Because that's the one thing I think could be a, a possible downfall to this particular fight, is the emotion of 2016, the, the rawness of it. And has he has he adapted since then? I, I think so. But there is that slight risk that his emotions could get the better of him on the night. Yeah, and he's going to be pumped up for it. I mean, he, he desperately wants to to get this win. He's been he's been after it since he turned pro. So you know, it's taken him a while. And obviously, the Kings only really just just turned over. So you know, as you say, he's only three and zero. But. Now, I'm surprised Nikitin wants to take the fight because, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably you can't necessarily blame it on Nikitin that when the judges decide to to give it to Conlon, uh, not sort of against Conlon, sorry. So, you know, he's probably going to feel the wraith of Conlon now, and uh, I think Mick's probably going to do a number on him, and it's probably a bit unfair on Nikitin because, you know, I don't know. It looked hurt when I re did rewatch the uh, the the fight they had in in the Olympics, and he actually did look hurt early in that fight. And I'm expecting that to happen. Um, I'm, I, I can see this ending probably in a couple of rounds, to be quite honest with you. And that's no disrespect to Nikita. I'm not saying that he, he couldn't be a talent. I just think it's going to be all against him, and I think Conlon's going to be, as I say, he's, he's going to be pissed off, and he's going to want to. He's going to want to get at him early. As you say, it could be the downfall. You know, in the, the day, if he doesn't get rid of him early, he could blow himself, blow himself a gasket. And the next thing you know, he's 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 in trouble. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I just think Colin, in the 12 fights he's had, he's had some good 12, 12, uh, 12 pro fights. And I'm expecting that experience, as well as the Olympics and the disappointment of it, to just reserve that and, um, and use it just in the ring and just be patient. And then eventually, I think he'll get rid of him quite early. 
Looking forward to it. It's a pretty decent card. There's also yeah. a talented lightweight on the card. George Cambosis Jr., 17-0, going in against Mickey Bay. 23-2 and on Mickey Bay has only obviously lost two high-quality opponents in his reign in the division. He lost to John Molina Jr. and he also lost uh, earlier in 2016 against Rancis Barfellamley for the IBF World Lightweight title. So, you know, this is a guy who is, is going to provide a good test for the Australian Cambosis Jr. He's coming over here to try and put on a show. So another interesting fight for anyone to check out while you're watching that card for the American fight fans, for the British fight fans. Check this guy out. He is a quality operator and, and a win over Mickey Bay really will, will do his stock some good so that is the the biggest card over the weekend in in my opinion it's the biggest card we've got for fight fans in the uk and the usa but obviously the uk we've got a couple of good little shows going on over this weekend as well that we want to touch on and one that i think we didn't mention at the top of the show is happening on friday here in manchester is the ultimate boxer six the heavyweights and for anybody who, who doesn't know the ultimate boxer six more so you american fight fans that listen to the podcast fantastic little tournament it's the concept of what prize fighter used to be that eddie Hearn used to put on so you've got three three minute rounds quarterfinal semi-final and the final the winner takes away something like 40 to 50 grand and their prestigious golden robe but it's one of them tournaments that provide you with highlight reel knockouts and the heavyweight division with some of the guys that have come through some of the prospects that are through and then we've even got a very well-known journeyman in there in Camille Sokolowski going in there as well so I'm really looking forward to watching that and I think that's something we we completely forgot to to discuss off the air as well and I'm, I'm really excited to actually watch the Ultimate Boxer I think it's a really great innovative concept and, and whilst people may slag it off for being prize fighter I, I, st- I still really enjoy their format of it I do um, and with it being the heavyweights and with it being sort of three minute round, uh, three minute three minute three rounds um, it's going to be just off the hook in it literally from the first minute they are literally throwing bombs at each other we see it with the light heavyweights and they don't hold back, you know, they need to win the fight, so they go for it, and, and with it being heavyweights, it's going to be a bit of a, a show, I'm expecting, I don't expect any of them to last, really, I think it's all going to be over pretty quickly, but I suppose the more they sort of get through into the semis and then into the final, I suppose they start to tire a little, um, not really the, the, the ideal time to start popping off your jab and uh, trying to be patient because, you know, the chances are you might find yourself a couple of rounds down and in needing a knockout. So it is a, a really enjoyable in watch. You know, I, I do enjoy it. And as you say, yeah, it is a prize fighter, but it's ultimate boxer. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm punting for Nick Webb. Um, he's a guy I'd spoken to before and I like Nick and I think... Uh, I, I, I reckon he can he can turn his career around and get a big win. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know who you're going. I think who did you say you was going for, Sean? I'm definitely going to tip Nick though. I think I'd said on social media a few weeks ago that I think I was actually going to go for Camille Sokolowski. Uh, as obviously he's he's you know classed as a journeyman in the UK. He's you know he's a Polish guy that bases himself over here in the UK, in particular in Scotland. Uh, and he's actually been in with some quality names. He's been in with the likes of Davis Price, Martin Bacoli, Tom Little, Nathan Gorman, Daniel Dubois, Lucas Brown. You know, there's some great names. And he's obviously got the victory over Nick Webb, you know, in a, in a shocking upset for Nick Webb in 2018. So, you know, for me, yeah. this is um, 
this is this is a, a huge opportunity for him to just go in there and actually cause some absolute upsets. And I do think he's a bit of a dark horse. So just so I can give the the, the listeners a bit of context uh, for anybody that's not picked up on the ultimate boxer, we've got Camille Sokolowski facing Josh Shanland four one and one in the quarters. We've got Scottish heavyweight Jay McFarlane ten and four against Mark Bennett five and zero. Oh. Jonathan Palata seven and zero oh, against Danny Whitaker who's two and zero, oh. and then Nick Webb. 13 and 2 against Chris Healy, 8 and 6. So, you know, it's a good chance for someone like Nick Webb to, to re catapult himself into the limelight. Obviously, he had losses to Camille Sokolowski and then got upset by Dave Allen as well, which was a, a you know a, a cracking win for Dave Allen on that night when that happened. So this is a chance for him to actually really catapult his career. But I, I just think like Camille Sokolowski is the type of guy that's caused everybody problems. A lot of guys have had problems with him, and I think in this type of a format where he's going yeah. in there for for three rounds, he's going to give it his all. He's going to go for it, and I think I think we could see him actually go on and win it. So that's who I think is going to win this one this weekend. It's going to be an interesting one, and it's a good one to check out on on Friday night. Uh, I do believe actually you'll be able to check it out on YouTube for anybody that maybe want to watch from the USA. I think there is actually. Uh, it's being aired on YouTube. It's being aired on a couple of uh, UK broadcasters, but I think YouTube, you can get it on there as well. So it's a good opportunity for you, to you guys to check that out. And then, obviously, we've got the Golden Contract Tournament happening as well this weekend. So, Johnston, we've been a big lover of this innovative idea from MTK, the Golden Contract, putting some of the best domestic fighters of, of different divisions in there against each other with a chance for them to obviously win this lucrative contract and, and a, a good future for them as well. Yeah, I and mean, it is a real chance for these guys to to really get themselves noticed, get themselves out there. So, you know, we haven't quite had a golden contract winner yet. We've, we've got two semi-finals coming up and a couple of other different weights. But, you know, the light heavyweights, again, we, we do love our heavyweights, whether it be light heavy or cruiserweight even, whoever, you know, these guys are big fellas and they can, they can, they can pop. So... It's good fun to watch, um, but these are obviously these are ten rounds, not like uh, the ultimate boxer. This is literally a quarterfinal, a ten round, and then the semifinals will happen sort of a, a couple of months later. Um, so in the light heavyweight division, for the the draw is actually being made today, I believe it might even be actually going on now. I think you can actually watch it on YouTube. Um, and so in the draw, you have got Jose Jose Burton, who we all know. Or, or I'm guessing most of us know, 24 and one. Uh, Bob Adjanifs. Uh, Adjus Safe, sorry, nineteen and three. Liam Conroy, seventeen five and one. Stephen Ward, twelve and zero, who is actually the favourite, tipped to be the favourite at the minute. Uh, Serge Michael, um, Richard Bolomniks, and uh, Tommy Philbin and Andre Sterling. So they're the eight uh, guys that are going to be in the draw. Um, yeah, so uh, obviously we don't, we can't really pick a winner until you. You see how the draws format uh, sort of came out. So, um, but on that case, I think you know, I, I think Jose Burton for me or a Liam Conroy, if as long as they don't get each other. Well, it is a good format, and I'm glad to see guys like Jose Burton in there. You know, Jose Burton for anybody uh, who's listening again who doesn't know who he is, he is the guy who lost his British heavyweight title against Frank Buglione in 2016 in what was one of the fights of that year. Fantastic fight. He was winning that fight until Buglione stopped him in the last round as well. But since then, he's he's been... I've complained about, you know, where they've been taking him because he's only ever fought journeyman since. 
guys that mm. nobody knows, and that's been the frustrating part for me. So this is perfect. This is about time we got him back into this scene, really. Bob had just saved 19 and 3. Obviously, he's been around for quite a while. You know, he's actually obviously been on the, on, on the scene for... I think it's around about 12 years. He's had a bit of a stop-start career. And anybody who remembers Bob Adjusev will remember his fight in 2010 with Tony Bellew for the Commonwealth Light Heavyweight title. That's how long he's been around. So he's getting his career back on track. He wants to get a big win here as well. You've got Liam Conroy, who obviously lost his British title attempt against Joshua Buratze for the vacant W... Uh, vacant W, vacant British title earlier on this year. He's looking for a good opportunity, but he's also already fought Stephen Ward earlier on this year. You know, what was one of the fights of the year this year as well for me. So he's already lost to Stephen Ward, so we probably want to look to try and avenge that. It'd be funny, you know, if after we've recorded and this has actually gone live and people are listening, that these two have actually got each other in the first in the first <laughs> yeah. quarter final. That'd be quite ironic, but you know, I'd love to see that fight again. To be honest with you, I think that'd be a cracking fight. So you know, there's some really notable names in there. And for Scottish fans, you've got Tommy Philbin, light heavyweight, 13. You know, who's progressed his way through the light heavyweight division domestically. So and then another well-known name domestically in the UK. So it is a great concept. So again, any American fans or even the Australian fan base that we have that are listening, you know, you should go and check these shows out because they are great little shows you know they do give uh, a bit of a level between small hall and the major shows that happen in the uk it's sort of i'd say it's sort of middle ground at the moment with what they're doing with them but could end up becoming quite well recognized tournaments you know depending on how the next 12 months go with the with the quarters semis and finals going on so yeah really really great weekend for boxing as well and really really looking forward to it so i don't think there's any other fights on this weekend uh, is there anything that i've missed johnston that we've what we've got to cover off for the show uh no not that i know of um i believe is it diego de la hoya is that his son i think he's fighting um on saturday night yeah or oh, is that the 14th is that this weekend yes it is so uh yeah saturday so de la hoya is fighting uh reno uh renson robles um in, uh, in in Mexico. So uh, other than that, I honestly don't know. Uh, and I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of Diego De La Hoya. I don't know that much about it. I've only seen one fight. So um, and he's twenty one and one um, with ten knockouts. So again, I, I'm expecting to beat Rob Les, but that's the only other fight in the featherweight division. Other than that, um, yeah, I. I uh, it's, it's escaped me completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Diego De La Hoya, I'm pretty sure, is his nephew. Don't think it's his son. His nephew. Um, Sorry, yes. After after seeing them images a few years ago of him cross dressing. Um, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's his son. I don't think that's his son. Anyway, I'm pretty. Sure I think you probably nephew. put me right. Yeah, no, I think you're right. You probably put me right there. You know, I see the name and you just assume it's a C, it's a junior. But yeah, no, I think you're right. <laughs> so I think that sort of about wraps it up for for the preview for this weekend's boxing, the big fight preview. And, and I'll be honest with you, there is a couple of bills on next week, and, and both myself and Johnson have been discussing what we want to do for for the rest of the year. And this will be the last big fight preview episode. We do for the year. I know there is fights on next weekend. We've got Daniel Dubois in action next weekend. Obviously, Marcel Braithwaite, Sonny Edwards is a fight to check out next weekend on that same bill as well. So there are there are fights going on domestically and, and internationally. But I don't 
believe there's anything major that warrants us doing a big fight preview. So, what we are going to focus on for you fight fans and you listeners to the podcast is, we've got coming up, we've got an end of year show which is going to include awards for things like Fighter of the Year, KO of the Year, Fight of the Year, International Fighter of the Year, etc. We've got that coming up. We've also got Legendary Nights, the tale of Aaron Pryor versus Alexis Arguello coming up. And then we'll also have another special show that I'm introducing because it is the end of a decade. We're going into 2020 in the new year. So we're going to do an end of decade show and we're going to look for the past 10 years, some of the best fights, best fighters, best KOs. Again, we're going to provide that to you as well. So we've got quite a few bits coming up. So forgive us if we're not doing a big fight preview. You've got some even better content coming in your ears over the next couple of weeks. So as I said at the start of the episode, please go and check our new YouTube channel out. We are going to be putting all the audio versions of the episodes on there. So we're going to be looking at Legendary Nights, career profiles, the life and times of all the different series that we've been running over the past couple of years are going to be up on the YouTube channel over the next couple of days and then in the future we'll probably look at doing a little bit of video content as well but again as always we appreciate the support and the following if you've not already gone and rated us and reviewed us please go and do it Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify, wherever and now YouTube get on there subscribe let us know what you think of all the episodes so thanks very much to Johnston for coming on as always we really appreciate the support of all the fans, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia! He's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.